Welcome to Direct Audio Movie Discussions Podcast. My name is Spencer. Max is here on his day off. Yes, I am. Hello, everyone. It was very funny to me because it was like a parent, like guilting someone in a sense of being like, oh, I guess I'm just going to go by myself. Like, it's a (laughs) bummer. Because what did you text me on Saturday? I texted you. So I have a long weekend. And I, it dawned on me that whenever I have a long weekend, we record an episode, but we had nothing on the docket for this year. So I just texted Spencer, oh, gee whiz, I got a long weekend, but I'm not recording with my buddy like I usually do. Ah, what will I do? <laughs> I got very excited when you text because one, I've missed you, my friend. Same as I will say we came up with this pretty fast because I shot yeah. a couple game ideas at you and I was like, we can make something quick. <laughs> and then we both thought of... Uh, one of our favorite episodes I feel like we've done, yeah, where we had to do a two-parter. I'm hoping this isn't the case today, <laughs> um, but uh, where we discussed the 80s every year and talked about what we thought our favorite movie was and what the best movie was of the year. And then we always kind of gave like a fun uh, – I think it was – did I do Slashers was like the thing every year? Or was, there was something – every oh, year – yeah, yeah. There's I always like a, a random uh, fact. So like in the mid – when Liz and I did it for the 2010s, I said uh, 2010s was a year of remakes yeah. and it was the worst remake. And uh, so I think this year we're going to – or for this decade because we're doing the 90s. Uh, I am a 90s child. Max, were you 89 or 90? I always can't remember. 90. 90. I okay, was born so, like directly at the beginning. Good. So you are one of the good ones. Good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so uh, I think 90s for us, we are going to do a quick one where we – Max talked about this last week because, again, one of my favorite things about you, Max, is you'll just send me a random text that's like, here's an idea for the pod. And I have to – again, as you say, I take the loose mm-hmm. strands and I kind of tie them together. Yep. And what was your kind of idea or thought process behind what you were texting me? My brother and I got into an argument during the Super Bowl. I think he's one hundred percent wrong. I want to say, yeah. Well, I love Dumb and Dumber, as everyone knows, and you're going to hear about it more in this episode. But I think it's a perfect comedy. It might not be the best comedy, but I think it's perfectly paced. Blah blah blah. It's my personal favorite. My brother thinks that I only think that because of nostalgia. I grew up with it and got on the topic of Fairly Brother movies and how he thinks Kingpin is better than Dumb and Dumber. And it really stuck with me because I see where he's coming from. But at the same time, um, I think he's wrong. I think uh, he likes Kingpin more because he watched that one more yeah, as a kid. It's all nostalgia. just nostalgia. It's all yeah, just about what you ex- watched. Exactly. And then I was thinking about it for days and then finally I was like, where does the Wayne's World movies fit on your meter? And he goes, they're not on there. I love them. And I'm like, yes, but one could say you like them as a kid. So you like them now. Would you still like them if they came out today? You know, so like I see where he's coming from. But at the same time, I think his argument's kind of weak. I think nostalgia kind of blanket uh, true fact or opinions of other people or whatever. Because you're just like, well, I liked it as a kid. So, I mean, like. My best example, and I told you about this, and uh, Teresa kind of mentioned this in the pod, in the Would You Rather, on my birthday, we showed her Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. 
And she was like, Batman and Robin was horrible. Like, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I was like, yeah, it is bad. But, like, I love it because I think of when I was a kid looking at all those toys and how ridiculously yeah. over the top it is. So yeah. during this episode, what we are going to do is we will pick what we think is, like, the most nostalgia-carried movie. Mm-hmm. Of the year, because we're going year by year, 90, 91, 92, we'll discuss, like I said, the big movies that came out, uh, the award winners, the highest grossing movie, some fun facts that we can think of, and then we will both pick what we think our favorite of that year is. And then what we will do is, I also just told this to you, and I feel like this is true, I think the 90s was a decade that was just trying to achieve over-the-top action blockbusters. Mm-hmm. every single year i think the only year that really doesn't do it is 1990 mm-hmm. but every year after that because t2 comes out in 91 and everyone's like all right we gotta do that mm-hmm. so we will just pick what we think is the most 90s actiony blockbuster of that year as well okay and you know it's funny i agree with you but like I literally just Googled year by year by year from oh, 90 yeah, same. to 99, and I just wrote down a bunch of movies next mm-hmm. to each year. And it is true that like T2 changed everything, and then you had Jurassic Park and Independence Day, these huge blockbusters. But like at the same time, every year is so eclectic, you know? Yeah. Uh, the 90s is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Because 1990 is a holdover of 80s like movies. Yeah. You can just see it with the way that they – like a lot of them just feel like 80s movies. Yeah. And then 91 hits, and I feel like that's the year where we see the decade shift. Because you get T2, you get Beauty and the Beast, which is a big, big Mm -hmm. catalyst uh, for change. And then we kind of shift into like, well, we can keep doing like Dance with Wolves and Goodfellas because those were really popular in 1990. And then it's like, well, T2 was a big action movie. Then it's like all the animated studios are like, hey, well, we got to keep doing this. And then – you start to get all of the 80s holdover sequels. Yeah. So I think it's a really eclectic decade. And you could probably say this about every decade if we look at it. But I think after like what you did, like I did the same thing, just looking year by year, you can just really see how there wasn't a clear cut direction of like this is what the big thing is. I think the only thing I can think of is like our really cheesy 90s over the top action blockbusters. Yeah. But then, like, you have small, like, adult dramas. Yeah. Like, you got, like, Boys in the Hood, Silence of the Lambs, like, Thelma and Louise. These movies that, like, if you were, like, let's say 35 and above at the time, you're like, I don't really want to watch Arnold Schwarzenegger fight a robot. I'm going to watch this. You know, it's just like there was something for everyone. And I think you're also seeing the rise of independent style directors. Exactly. Uh, yep. And directors taking chances. Like you are, you're getting, uh, you're getting David Lynch. You're getting uh, the Coen brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's finally on his rise. Paul and, Thomas Anderson. Oh yeah. I was just talking about him yesterday. Yep. Uh, like you're starting to see more directors who are I mean also you can think about Wes Anderson got a start in the mid 90s with Bottle yes, Rocket. Yep. And so Tim Burton we've talked about him a lot on the pod as well. That's the one of the big ones where he starts to kind of go his own way mm-hmm. outside of what the 80s was driving him to be. 
and I just want to build off that real quick. Like I've read about this in the past. This decade of filmmakers was really the first generation of filmmakers who grew up with access to easy, easier access to movies. You exactly. Know? Scorsese, Spielberg, they grew up, they'd go to the cinema. But like people like Quentin Tarantino and Paul Thomas Anderson, I mean, obviously it wasn't as easy as it is now, but they had video stores so they could really absorb these movies and then make their own. And like, it almost felt like their own movies were just like a, a nice stew of all their influences. That you know? is the beauty of these directors and filmmakers mm-hmm. and actors is that i mean like quinn tarantino said like he worked at a video store with the 80s and its rise in vhs sales and home video markets because i think a lot of people do forget that that the 80s were at booms mm-hmm. and home video markets and vhs and hbo and all these things are now becoming a staple in homes Mm-hmm. And so all these directors are getting their hands on movies and being able to rewatch them and study them. And you're really seeing that influence shared and you're getting a lot of more like cult classics and deep cuts because yeah, act- directors aren't making movies to be just big budget movies. They're making movies yeah. because they want to make what they saw. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. So 1990, like I said, feels like a holdover from the eighties. Your uh, best grossing movie of the year is Ghost, mm-hmm. which I think is a strange movie to have the highest grossing. Uh, yeah. Your best picture winner, Dances with Wolves. Again, another strange one. Uh, I, It's one of those years where I think you could also do this as well. The wrong movie wins the Oscar. Oh, yeah. Totally. I think every single year. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Besides, I think, 91. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Goodfellas came out. That's the, probably the biggest movie of the year. <laughs> But you get things like Pretty Woman, The Godfather Part 3, Home Alone, Total Recall, Edward Scissorhands, Wild at Heart, Kindergarten Cop, Misery, uh, Days of Thunder, uh, The Hunt for Red October. Dick Tracy and Mm -hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in there. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, let me just say, if you want a fun fact to tell everybody, at the time was the highest grossing independent movie of all time. Isn't that crazy? It's so weird. (laughs) Uh, It feels like it though, too. If you rewatch it now... Like uh, there might be some nostalgia in there that sways my opinion, but watching that movie now, it just it feels so much different than comic book movies these days. It feels much more down to earth, but with this kind of like cartoonish twist, you know. It's because they just got we just got Batman, and so yeah. we haven't really gotten the cheesy '90s super movie. That's what I'm saying. This this year doesn't really feel like the 90s i mean you also get all the holdovers of the sequel like all the holdover sequels that we didn't get in the 80s yeah so you get things like rocky 5 we get things back to the future part 3 die hard mm-hmm. 2 exorcist 3 predator 2 robocop 2 uh <laughs> gremlins 2 yeah you get these really weird sequels where it's like we got to throw it in there and i just don't know how great 90 is because it's very heavily stacked up top it's it, good fellas dance with wolves home alone pretty woman those are like your heavy hitters and then everything else kind of underneath it is like yeah it's, it's pretty good yeah i do like it though probably because i was born that year but also amongst all the sequels the original movies really do shine yeah like the ones you mentioned good fellas home alone edward scissorhands ghost pretty woman like there's a reason they were so big at the time because there was nothing like them coming out like ghost 
I'm it's I think it was worldwide the biggest grosser because I know Home Alone was just a behemoth. <laughs> yeah. But like Ghost, when you think about it, the reason it was so big was because people were like, What the hell is this? Is it a horror movie? Is it a romance? Is it a comedy? Is it just a hard hitting drama? It's such like a strange movie, and I think that's why people really flock to it. And you could say the same thing about Edward Scissorhands, you know? Yeah. Just such a a strange year where like you could feel the eighties holdover, but then the like nineties like original drama steeping into. Yeah, we're starting to see where the nineties is gonna take us. Yeah. But I think I think you're right. I think this is a a year where we're doing a lot of trial and error. Um, yep. Total Recall, same thing. We're getting a mix oh, of like yeah. space sci-fi action. Forgot about that one. <laughs> I know Misery, a Stephen King holdover. Yeah. Um, Stephen King love in the '80s kind of goes away in the '90s. We don't really get a lot of Stephen King besides like It. Yeah. And like that was, I think that was '92. Right, but that's that's a like a that straight TV. to TV, right? Yeah. Yeah. This one, this one, honestly, because I'm going to try not to pick the most obvious answer. Okay. For my favorite movie of the year. I think there's only one year I'm going to pick the obvious one. That's that's what I love about you. <laughs> I want to go off the wall, baby. I just feel like I, I want to give those movies representation. So, I mean, yeah. can we just both agree that the best movie this year was Goodfellas? Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah. It's it hands down. And I'm not crazy about the Oscars anymore, but like just looking at it from just like an awards competition standpoint, it is insane that this did this loss to Dances with Wolves. Because have you seen Dances with Wolves lately? <laughs> I I think the last time I watched it was with my grandma seven, yeah. eight years ago. And that was the first time I had watched it in about, again, seven, eight years prior to that. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those ones where it never resonated with me. I do like that Kevin yeah. Costner, he directed it, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, Kevin Costner is obviously very talented, but – there's a reason why Goodfellas has the staying power that Dances with Wolves doesn't. Yeah. I just that movie is a cinematic masterpiece, both yep. in its screenwriting and its acting performances, and then Scorsese behind the camera. I think maybe does his best work. I yeah. do love The Departed, but I think if you watch Goodfellas, you you can see that he there's a clear genre and style that Scorsese loves, and Goodfellas is like the peak. Yep. It's at, he's firing in all cylinders. It has all of his, uh, you know, his tropes and his cliches just perfected. Mm-hmm. And I talked about this with my brother too, and uh, in the same conversation, he said he loves Goodfellas, but you know, R.I.P. He's not crazy about Ray Liotta in it. He thinks that his performance isn't that great. I think it fits the movie. Uh, but then my brother started talking about how he thinks Johnny Depp at that time would have played the role better. No, right I think it would have taken away from what I think is great about Ray Liotta's performance in that movie. And I'm going to kind of tag team off of you here. You have two acting with a capital P powerhouses in Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro. And Ray Liotta is this up and coming actor in a sense who is kind of cutting his teeth. Mm-hmm. And so you have him as this kind of green under the gills actor playing a green under the gills mob boss or mo- yeah. mafia uh, partner. Monster. What'd you say? Mobster. Mobster. That's a good place. And like, I think he perfectly reflects without overtaking. I think if you had like suave, good looking, uh, young Johnny Depp, yeah, people would think, oh, he's the heartthrob. Ray Liotta, no offense to Ray Liotta, was not the heartthrob at the time, but no. he just, he knows how to fit that role perfectly. I think of the yeah. courtroom scene. Just watch that scene. Yeah. And 
that's all you need to see about Ray. That's where he finally gets kind of comfortable. But I mm-hmm. think the beauty of his performance is it's so understated because he just lets the other two do the work. And you're kind of like, as you watch him mimic them in the mob world, he's mimicking them on the screen and acting as well. Yeah. And like, like you said, he wasn't a heartthrob or anything, but he's just, you know, good looking enough to be the perfect avatar every man. You know, he has like the looks where anyone watching can relate to him. Yeah. But at the same time, there's something about him that's like, I don't trust it. He is also going to become the anti-hero. So he's just like the best of both worlds for that role. Yeah. Um. So Goodfellas, I think, again, clear winner for the best movie of the year. Pretty Woman, mm-hmm. another great movie. Uh, it shoots Julia Roberts to the stars. Um, mm-hmm. And then you also get like Godfather Part 3, which kills that franchise with a whimper. Let's run through what we think our honorable mentions are and what we think the best of and our, our favorite movie of the year is. I think I already know yours. Okay. What's yours? So my runner up, um, because again, I want to be, I want to be a little off the wall. Mm-hmm. We get a fantastic horror movie that feels like a holdover from the eighties. Okay. Uh, Kevin Bacon's back. You also get Fred <laughs> Ward, Michael oh. Gross, and it's Tremors. An amazing yes. monster movie. It holds up yep. so well. The effects look great. It, it does almost feel like they're trying to make Jaws and Sand. They don't yep. do it as well, obviously, because it has like almost an action adventure, an action adventure whimsical nature to it. Yeah, but it isn't as good as Jaws. It's more just fun. Again, an '80s kind of try hard at it. Yeah, uh, it's a really good throw on and kind of shut your mind off movie. Uh, yep. But my favorite movie of the year. If anybody knows me, they know. One of my favorite actors of all time mm-hmm. is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. I think yes, yes. his best performance in the 90s or in 1990 is Kindergarten Cop. Ooh. Uh, I, I, I swore you were going to say Total Recall with that buildup. I love Total just Recall. knowing you. I yeah. do love Total Recall. It's fantastic. But I yep. think he's just playing a very similar Arnold Schwarzenegger role. I think Kindergarten Cop – Holds up really well. The comedy is there. It's so funny. Yeah. And the action's great. And it's so quotable. Uh, yeah. It's not a tumor. Are these not your lunches? Put them back. <laughs> like, shut it, up. Oh, I just think that performance is full of heart and full of the Schwarzenegger that we know and love. And it's a yeah. fun rewatch. So if I'm going to try to go off the wall, I got to go as off the wall as I can and pick kindergarten cop but max tell me which one won out of either home alone and edward scissorhands <laughs> well i do respect uh both of those picks tremors that didn't even dawn on me that is a that's jaws with the satirical edge of gremlins thank you also gremlins 2 was gonna yep. be my choice if i wanted to just cause absolute chaos <laughs> <laughs> well before i get to my top pick um i will say there are so many like nostalgic ones in here for me like back to the future 3 and gremlins 2 yeah um i'm in the very very small camp that thinks rocky five isn't that bad but believe me it's not my top pick um (laughs) dick tracy's a very underappreciated comic book movie going back to what i said earlier teenage mutant ninja turtles is your choice i loved it as a kid my runner-up oh you cut out for a second i was like if that's your choice that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) but i uh i watched it a lot as a kid and then i grew out of it you know and i didn't rewatch it again until a couple years ago during the quarantine and i was just i was like this might be one of the best comic book adaptations of all time because it's the perfect mix of kind of the grittiness of the ninja turtles comic books 
and the lightheartedness that the, of the series at the time. And neither of them feel out of place. They both mix so well together. And just like, I love the way it's shot. I love the, the set design, the costumes, the, the fight choreography. I think it's just, it feels like somebody who grew up loving Ninja Turtles who finally gets to make their own movie, but it's not. It was made at the height of its fame. So I just think it's a it's a really good comic book adaptation. And it holds up. Everybody should go give that first TMNT movie a chance because I think it really does hold up really well. Mm-hmm. I think you said it perfectly there. But Max, I got to hear it. <laughs> what is the choice? I promise you I am going to try to pick off-the-wall uh, picks going forward. But my first pick for 1990 is home alone i honestly am surprised that you did not pick edward scissorhands i love edward scissorhands you know this everyone who listens to the podcast knows this but home alone if i am like they're both technically christmas movies you know so like the way i thought about it is two christmas classics but like if you sat me down in front of my christmas tree like which one you want to watch it's home alone it's just home alone it's great it gets better with time too just because the older I get, the more I notice all the little nuances of the movie. And it's just like, it's John Hughes, you know? Yeah. Nothing's phoned in in Home Alone, just like John Hughes' greatest movies. So that's my pick. I think it's an excellent Christmas comedy. I just think it's an excellent comedy. You can strip away the holiday nature of it, and it's still mm-hmm. a great movie. Um, yeah, I agree. The performance is that. I want people to think about that. Joe Pesci did Home Alone and Goodfellas in the same year. Yeah. like It's insane. But yeah, I, I think those are great picks. I'm surprised into Edward Scissorhands. If you want to hear us talk about Edward Scissorhands, listen to the Tim Burton episode. Uh, yeah. We we gave that movie its roses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 91 we, though. 91 yes. is carried by two movies. Yep. I really think this is one of the weaker years of the decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is just T2 and Silence of the Lambs. T2 is your highest grossing. Silence of the Lambs is the third movie ever to win the top five in the Oscars. Which is nuts to me. Yeah. So that is picture, director, screenplay, actor, actress. Yeah, it's insane. But when you watch the movie, it makes perfect sense. Oh, it's it's one of the best movies of the 90s. Uh, an iconic horror movie. It creates one of the most iconic villains of all time. Clarice is just fantastic. Yeah. And it, I, it's I, just... Another, it's, uh, that's a character that I feel like doesn't get the respect that she deserves. I think everybody yeah. thinks of Hannibal, but uh, she crushes it. Yeah, and that's what's funny is like, you know, these days uh, Hollywood is attempting to be more inclusive with, uh, you know, people of color and women getting finally getting the credit they've always deserved, you know. But when you think back, like the late 80s and the early 90s had a lot of strong female leads, like Aliens and Silence of the Lambs. Like, and it doesn't feel like they're trying to push any agenda forward. It just feels like a character. And I think Clarice, as you explained it, is just like an excellent excellent character uh going off of excellent female characters thelma and louise is that year as well exactly phenomenal uh you also get what was the other one i saw fried green tomatoes not terrible but it's there but then we get (laughs) other movies as well point break feels like the most 80s holdover that we have (laughs) yeah uh cape fear fantastic against scorsese goes back to back uh robin hood prince of thieves and jfk we got to get two kevin costner movies in uh, I mentioned Beauty and the Beast. You mentioned earlier Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also get things like Father of the Bride, uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. That's for you. 
I love that movie. New Jack City, City Slickers, The Doors, Barton Fink. What about Bob, the Fisher King? There's one big one, but you'll find out. Soon. I was saving. <laughs> I, I know you fairly well. <laughs> and so I sometimes just don't say things because I'm like, all right, I'm ready to roll. Well, I uh, guess uh, we know what that is. Uh, did you? I don't think you mentioned My Girl. I, I did not my mention my girl. That's, that's a nice little heartwarming nostalgia. Heartwarming thing. until uh, the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's a um, I will also say uh, my runner-up movie of the year, The Addams Family. I um, knew you were going to say you love that movie. I think Addams Family One is better than Addams Family Values, but that's just a personal. Again, that's nostalgia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we didn't say what we thought was the most '80s or the most like action-heavy. I think I guess I'd just say TMNT for the '90s. Oh, yeah. Or no, Rock or yeah, TMNT. I guess. Or no, Total Recall. Oh, yeah. For the, for nineteen ninety, I think is the most. Oh, like, my bad, my bad. Gotcha. I think I think that's the most like uh, attempt at making like a nineties over the top action movie. I guess mm-hmm. I would say is that. Uh, yeah, and, and then I don't even think we need to say out loud what it would be for nineteen ninety one. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it's it's the one that changed everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think nostalgia wise, I guess if we're talking about uh, ninety, I don't think there really is one that we kind of covered. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 91 it's uh, I, I might just have to spoil my first pick but... oh no no hold it then hold it so, then okay. because I think you're okay. correct I, you know what I don't think you're correct I, I think people I, give your movie a bad rap I, I do too and I was I, go on a whole spiel but I'll save it okay <laughs> you know what don't save it because tell me what your honorable mention is and then get to why the most underrated Spielberg movie of all time is your pick <laughs> Well, I do think the two best movies of the year are Silence of the Lambs and Boys in the Hood. Both fantastic movies. Well, hold on. I got to stop you right there. Yeah. If you're not putting T2. Oh, well. Yeah, that's, that's your movie. You can talk about T2. I mean, I love it. But it's not my like... movie, though. That's not my pick. But um, I, <laughs> I, think, I think the best movie of the year is Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. I think Boys in the Hood is great. But Silence of the Lambs is is the the movie. But anyways, tell me why. <laughs> tell me why uh, your pick is. I'll let you say it. Okay. So let I rambled. Runner up, my runner up for the year. What about Bob? Hilarious Bill Murray comedy. Dreyfus so and Murray. Funny. That's a combo. Yep. And um, I just think personally, Groundhog Day is a better movie. Um, but personally, if I had to choose to watch one of them, I'd pick What About Bob just because it's so proudly silly and it's not afraid to get kind of dark, but not too dark. It's one of my favorite Bill Murray performances. He's just perfectly clueless and lovable. So that's my runner up. Number one pick, Hook. I love Hook. I've loved Hook since I was a little kid. Um, that's what that's the one I was going to say because I've grown up with it and I've found out that many people think it's a bad movie. And I was going to pick that one for nostalgia over quality, but I don't know. I think it's still an excellent Spielberg movie. The music is beautiful. The set design is beautiful. Casting couldn't be better. I love Hook so much. I think a lot of times you can say nostalgia over quality. There's a wide gap. I think this one's a close gap. Yeah. I think the problem with Hook is it's too long. That That's what a lot of people have told me. The biggest complaint is it's t- almost two and a half hours. Yep. And you and don't need that much time. I it never bothered me as a kid. I I would watch it all the time, and I never dawned on me. But watching it as an adult, it does feel like Spielberg 
is making like a fantastical adventure like he was used to, but he was also like, but I'm starting to get more interested in adult dramas, so yeah. you just mix them together and without little with little editing. <laughs> but I think it works, but I think me saying that is the nostalgia thing. I think I only think it works because I loved it as a kid in terms of the length. Yeah, but, I think that's the biggest factor. If it was shorter, yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, I think Robin Williams does an amazing performance. Dustin Hoffman, I mean, come on. Eats. He's wonderful. I think Hook's fantastic. I just – sometimes in the middle I get bored. I uh, get it. And I'm just waiting for the end, which is, is okay because I think the end is great. I think yeah. how it wraps up and the story it's telling about a father trying to reconnect with his son and reconnect with his childhood. It's one that it feels beautifully tied to the Peter Pan story. Mm-hmm. And I think it still fits that saga in a sense. But – Here's an underrated film that uh, got an Oscar win for Best Supporting Actor. Got a fantastic performance by someone that was in your prior year's best movie. Okay. I'm talking about City Slickers. You betcha. Dude, City Slickers rocks. Yeah. it's, it's Billy Crystal, Daniel Stern, Jack, as we tried to do this in the other episode, Palance or Palance. Um, not sure. But it's... A wonderful action movie. Or not action, but action-adventure movie. Yeah. Like, just a f- simple story of a middle-aged man trying to escape his everyday life, going on an adventure with his friends. Uh-huh. And it's it's the, the definition of they don't make them like this anymore. Th- this movie has not been made since the 90s. Yeah. It's just very just modest comedy. You can tell they didn't go overboard with the budget or anything. They no. just let the, the acting and the jokes make the movie shine. And it it's works. fantastic. And I think not many people even know it exists, which is such a shame. I agree. I think this is Billy Crystal, one of his best movies. Each stereotype is perfectly cast. Also, Bruno Kirby, fantastic. Yeah, from uh, When Harry Met Sally. When Harry Met Sally, right. So you, it feels like everybody just bought right in and they play those roles. They're stereotyped in a sense, but it's it's a wonderful film. It's a great adventure movie and – you just get excited watching because you can just really see yourself in those shoes. Like, if I had the chance to do this, would I want to do this? It's great. <laughs> yep, I agree. I love it. Okay, 19 – oh, I want to really quickly just say Beauty and the Beast It's the first animated movie ever to be nominated for Best Picture. And that is what saves Disney pretty much. Little Mermaid is kind of what brought it back because uh, Disney in the 80s was pretty much dead. Yeah. But Beauty and the Beast coming out is what truly brought Disney back to life. I agree. 92, though, Best Picture Award winner is Unforgiven, which is a great movie. We're starting to get those uh, westerns back. Uh, Your highest grossing movie is Aladdin. Again, like I said, anime movies are coming back with a vengeance. But we get Quentin Tarantino's first movie, Reservoir Dogs. We get A Few Good Men, Wayne's World, My Cousin Vinny, A League of Their Own, The Bodyguard, Scent of a Woman, uh, Army of Darkness comes out, Malcolm X... Uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, The Mighty Ducks, White Men Can't Jump, Beethoven the Dog. There you go, people, <laughs> if you want that. Sister Act. I think you've got the heavy hitters. I missed Mighty one Ducks. big one. I was waiting for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, Batman Returns. Yeah, yeah 100%. Basic yeah. Instinct, Dracula. Yeah. We're getting some We're getting some big movies. This is a pretty eclectic year, just from all, all over the board. It's, it's quite the year. And it was... It's my first pick is a clear cut. This is like, there's no contest, but my runner up was a tough one because there's a lot of nostalgic movies for me this year. 
I don't know if there's a clear-cut direction on where we were going, but uh, it's kind of everywhere. I'm trying to find what I think our action movie is of this year. Maybe Army of Darkness? <laughs> I don't know. I feel um, like that, those movies just exist in their own genre. Yeah, maybe this... Oh, no, it's uh, Patriot Games and it's Under Siege. Those are your oh, two yeah. movies that... yeah. The, but uh, I'm trying to think nostalgia movie. I think I'm going to say it right here. I think it's Mighty Ducks. Yep, I completely 1,000% agree. Mighty Ducks is not as good as everybody remembers. Nope. Uh, I still enjoy watching it, but it's it's a kid's movie. You know? 100%. Because um, I'm not going to say like Army of Darkness. I'm not going to say The Bodyguard. I'm not going to say anything, or Wayne's World because those ones are still kind of fun in their sense and they're more than just a cheesy kid script. Uh, yeah, Mighty Ducks is just that. But uh, what's your uh, what's your runner up? This is tough because a Batman movie I adore <laughs> was released this year, and I just love Wayne's World. I love Wayne's World so yeah. much. I'm I'm with but... you on every single one of those that you just said because none of those are my runner up. So that's perfect. <laughs> my runner up is Reservoir Dogs, though. It's so good. Yeah, and the shame of the '90s is that everyone goes Pulp Fiction's great. Yeah, <laughs> and it just completely just goes Reservoir Dogs kind of gets tucked away. Yeah, I agree. And like it's it's not as good as his later movies, but it is one of the most confident debuts from a director. You're just absorbed into his world and it just feels so fully formed. Like you're just like, wow, this guy's got a voice and I want to see more of what he does. I think immediately you can watch the movie and go, all right, that's Tarantino. Yep. And I- even from the storytelling aspect, how we're going back and forth and back and forth. It's, it's so good. I love how it's about a bank robbery that goes wrong, but you never see the robbery. You just see the bef- It feels like a stage after. play. Yes, exactly. Uh, my runner-up is My Cousin Vinny. Ah. I remember, again, as I said in the past, one of my two VHSs that were not like kids-themed. It was like a rated R movie that we had. It was that and Weekend at Bernie's. That movie makes me laugh so hard. It's perfectly written for a script. And it's a wonderful balance of comedy and like a legit like legal drama. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Joe Pesci, again, crushing it. And Marissa Tomei, I mean, chef's kiss right there. Yeah, yeah she's excellent. Excellent. Uh, what's your choice for your winner? My Cousin Vinny. I, I figured it was. Once you didn't say it, I was like, is yeah. it Vinny? All right, take it's, it away then. Um, it's my favorite movie of 1992. I think all the other movies kind of pale in comparison because of everything you just said. It's just, it's such a great mixture of courtroom drama and comedy. Like, the story is told so well. The way the details build up, build up, build up to the very end of the movie, it's just done so well. But it's also just fucking hilarious. Like, there are some scenes that, if I just think about them, I'll start laughing. Like, when they're on the porch and (laughs) he's like, not to mention your biological clock. It's just... The owl in the woods is what gets me. He runs out and starts shooting. He puts on his leather jacket only. He's still wearing his boxers. (laughs) The two utes? Yeah. Oh my god. I don't see no stars and it starts pouring. I just, it's such an excellent movie. I said, obviously, horror is my favorite genre. We get one of the most complex and in depth horror movies that we will get, maybe ever, when Candyman comes out in 1992. Ah, It discusses race, it discusses economic inequality and urban legends and this white savior in a sense which is a character trope that happens all the time and we get such a tragic horror movie 
with one of the greatest villain portrayals in Tony Todd's Candyman. I remember watching that in my film class uh, in college, and I left with a hole in my stomach, but I had so many questions. And I was like, whatever I just watched, I knew was something that was not like other horror movies. Like, we get those cheesy slashers. This is one of the first times in horror besides like Silence of the Lambs uh, in this decade where we go, wow, horror can be more than just blood, guts, and boobs. Like, it is (laughs) – it's beautiful. Uh, One of the best movies of the 90s. And if you're really looking for a horror movie that scares you and makes you think, it is Candyman. Yeah. It just exists in such like a grimy world. It does. When you – like the hole in your stomach. That was the best way to put it because it just – it makes you feel just like, ugh, I got to get out of here. You know? And that's what a good horror movie should do. You just really have a feeling of dread for the character and Mm -hmm. everybody involved. It's just wonderful. And the score is – beautifully added to it tony todd's portrayal excellent i just Candyman's great watch watch it if you can if you haven't 93 <laughs> 93 is a heavy year yeah uh your highest grossing movie jurassic park uh paired with your best picture award winner schindler's list spielberg does a one-two punch that i don't think we're ever gonna see again nope this i think this is arguably his best year as a I, d- I don't think that's arguable the attention to detail in both is astounding. And the fact that he made them in the same year just goes to show he, he's one of the best, you know? He was editing Jurassic Park while he was filming Schindler's List. Yeah. That's, Think about that's, that. That's, I uh, hope it cheered him up because I know he was really sad during Schindler's List. I mean, how reasons. could you not be? Right. <laughs> um, but you also get Dazed and Confused, True Romance, Tombstone, Sleepless in Seattle, Groundhog Day. What's Eating Gilbert Grape, The Sandlot. Oh, you have Mrs. Doubtfire, Carlito's Way, Philadelphia, Hocus Pocus, mm-hmm. um, Nightmare Before Christmas as well. But I, for me, this is a big nostalgia year. So my yes. Picks, yes, yes, yes. My picks are going to be fueled by that. But I just got to give a shout out to Philadelphia. What an excellent movie. It The story is told in such like an honest way. And talk about a tearjerker. That ending is – it will destroy you. Yes. <laughs> Um, I think your most uh, 90s attempt at making a big action movie is Demolition Man (laughs) by far and away. Um, Whereas Jurassic Park is like a good script. Demolition Man is very strange. Uh, But nostalgia over quality. Can I say a really hot uh, debated topic? I think this is going to be a hot take. I think I know where you're going with this. I have a pick, but I want to hear what you have to say. It's Hocus Pocus. Oh, yeah. Fuck that movie. Dude, that movie – like, I get everybody loves Bette Midler yeah. and is goofy. The movie's just not great. Not not even a little bit. I'm happy you said that, honestly. Cause I'm sorry, listener. Please don't hate me. Like, if you didn't see it in the 90s and you watched it, you're like, eh. Yeah, it's not good. I was going to say Cool Runnings, but. Oh, uh, yeah, Hocus I agree. Hocus that one Pocus too. makes Cool Runnings look like Rocky. <laughs> no, I think Cool Runnings is not as good as people think it is. I loved it as a kid. Yeah. But. I, as watching as an adult, I still love the whimsical di- Disney nature and John Candy, but like it's a classic watered down yeah. true story with a white savior. It white sa- Yeah. I really don't want to be stereotypical and say Jurassic Park because Jurassic yeah. Park is clearly my favorite movie of 93. Like it's just mm-hmm. – it's not even a debate. Yeah. But I want to give other movies shout outs. <laughs> oh, we didn't even say The Fugitive. I know. I was just – I was waiting oh for you to finish your sentence. But yes, God, that. The Fugitive. And you know what? Much – not as good as The Fugitive. 
Grumpy Old Men. That movie is well, delightful. I mean, same script. <laughs> uh, and Adam's Family Values, Mask of the Phantasm. Get our Batman fix. So. Yes, uh, a lot of lot of good ones. But go can on. I actually say one real quick that I think is not as good as people remember? And this might yes. be a hot topic. This might be your pick. Uh huh. I don't think Mrs. Doubtfire is that great. Yeah, it's um, it's creepy. It's <laughs> if you strip it back, it's yeah. horrifying. Um, yeah. and Pierce Brosnan does nothing wrong. Neither does Sally Field. Nope. Robin Williams does yes and if you take his performance out of that movie it would not be good because he gives he commits and gives such a genuine performance full of big laughs and just heartbreaking moments but it is a weird script his back hurt from the fake boobs and carrying that film yeah (laughs) that's like and i watched a video about it recently on youtube and just how it's only good because of him because he takes some such little set pieces and improvises the fuck out of them. And Dude, like, I make I do a great impression of a hot dog is one of my favorite <laughs> clips in movie history. Yeah. So it's not my pick, it's not my runner up, but I'm glad you did mention it. That's a that's one that nostalgia kind of blinds you. Yep, blinds the the, the creepiness of it all. But okay, I what's your it. runner up? My runner up. It dawned on me after our sequels bracket that I did not mention one of my favorite sequels ever. And people say it's not as good. I think it's funnier than the original. I even texted Shane right after we recorded like, fuck, I forgot. Wayne's World 2. I love Wayne's World 2. The first one is funny. The second one is hilarious. It has Christopher Walken. It has Chris Farley's role kind of like he's given a new role, but he's more stuff to do it just has some clever mike myers wordplay it has an awesome spoof of the graduates and it just has a great rock soundtrack you know it's excellent i love that movie i agree with you i love i think i like that one better than the first one my My runner-up is groundhog day classic um i talked about on the pod a couple weeks back i think it's an excellent comedy but that's why i picked the runner-up because i think i already gave it its flowers so (laughs) That's my runner-up. What's your what's your choice? My choice is the Sandlot. Uh, go take it. <laughs> that is one. The whole nostalgia conversation I had with my brothers. The one thing we agreed with was the Mighty Ducks is only good because of nostalgia, whereas the Sandlot is timeless. It is a great movie for kids and adults. It's just it's a little slice of American youth right there. You know, it's hard to make something that good. You know. Yeah. Like for kids. So I love the Sandlot. All right. 93 for me has one of the greatest acting performances of the decade. Okay. Should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Mm-hmm. Should have won Best Supporting Actor. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday and Tombstone. Tombstone, <laughs> to me, is one of the best Western movies. Mm-hmm. I like it better than Unforgiven. Again, Unforgiven has different types of performances. But Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Bill Paxton, I don't like him, Sam Elliott, it's excellent. And any scene with Doc Holliday is just a beautiful performance by Val Kilmer. Like, he is acting. I agree. Um, I love Tombstone. Great movie. And that had to be my pick. I knew it was going to be your pick. Thank you. you I know you love that movie. I know you love Kurt. I know you love Val. So I just, I knew it was coming. I think this is the clear cut heaviest hitter year. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, just look at the... I'm going to list off... I think I'm going to try to get a top 10 here of movies. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Shawshank. Pulp Fiction. Forrest Gump. 
The Lion King, Dumb and Dumber. You you get I mean technically you can just throw in any one of uh the three Jim Carrey movies Ace yeah. Ventura, and you have uh, The Mask. Mm-hmm. But then going beyond that, Natural Born Killers, The Crow, Speed, <laughs> Interview with a Vampire, Four Ways and a Funeral, Leon the Professional, like there are so many clerks i know that's yep. you little know. women yeah. it's 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 like oh ed wood you didn't even oh, get yeah. that one there is just like haymakers of movies that came out this year that you're like god damn yeah it's it's insane that this happened <laughs> let's just say it the corny 90s blockbuster of the year speed yes it's not even a debate that it's speed what I love about Speed is that it is a corny 90s blockbuster, but it is so good. Like, yeah. it's a well-made corny movie. Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. Speed. Can I say that the most, like, the nostalgia-painted movie of this year? Yeah. I'm going to really say one that's going to piss you off. <laughs> Let's hear it. It's Ace Ventura, Pack Detective. Oh, yeah, totally. Because that yeah. movie is not great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really problematic. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things ever until the last 30 minutes. And then it's like, let's yeah. move on. It's a bummer. I said this on our Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler episode. Ace Ventura, it's it's a bummer because it is a timeless performance in a dated movie. He is hilarious in it. From him at the beginning with the box that he's delivering, just beating the shit out of it, to him sneaking into the fish tank. And it's just a great performance, but the movie itself, not good. That's that's honestly it. The the moments are funny. The his performance is legendary, but we overlook the ending and we overlook the other pieces of that film. Yeah. It and it's just got that kind of like corny eighties holdover, like uh Beverly Hills cap just kinda like ding 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 like yep. corny little crime drama. Yeah. But um it's it's like Reservoir Dogs where it was Jim Carrey's first starring role and people were like, oh, I like where this guy's going. Let's see more of it. Even and though he like, has two more in that year that yep. you're like, God damn. Yep. It's I it will never happen again. Um I I have to be cliche film bro and be like, Pulp fiction, bro. Um <laughs> truly changed movies for me when I was in high school, watching that yep. for the first time. I was like, holy shit, okay. I've never seen a movie like this. I don't think I ever will. And I love Quentin Tarantino. Like, it's just the most... Every film bro's going to tell you that movie. And it's okay. I'm not going to pick it for my favorite of the year because, again, I'm not going to be cliche. <laughs> I'm going to say a hot take. Okay. I think the best movie of the year mm-hmm. is not Forrest Gump. <laughs> um, I think the best movie of the year is Shawshank Redemption. What a hot take that is, listener. I was, I was going to say the same thing. Like, I think... Again, when we're looking back on movies that won Best Picture, mm-hmm. 93 should have been Jurassic Park. Yeah. 92 probably should have been Aladdin. Yeah. 91 should have – I mean, Silence of the Lambs, I think, fair. I think uh, – yeah. But Don't. 94, I think, is Shawshank. I think Forrest Gump. Bless not, its heart. It's, it's – when was the last time you watched Forrest Gump? I watched it last year, and that was the first time I'd watched it in a long time. It When I was a kid, it was my favorite movie. And nothing against Tom Hanks and his performance. It's just, it's very, it's too sentimental for its own good. It's so over-the-top cheesy at times. Yeah. Where but it it's just still, gets... 
it's still engaging. It's it still is. a fun watch, but it's not as good as it used to be. No, it's really not. Um, yeah. That's why I, it's definitely, I think it's low in my top five for 94. Yeah. I think Fiction, Shawshank, Lion King, like those ones clearly go past it. Yeah. Um, and then you can make like debates on other ones as well. Like Leon the Professional, people like that one. Yeah. Um, Quiz Show. I, that's that one's really, top five. Really good. That's a really good movie. Yeah, uh, I like. The, I mean, The Crow as well. I think The Crow is yeah. a great movie as well. You get a really good horror movie in the mouth of madness. John Carpenter goes nuts. Um, but uh, what's your runner up? My runner up. I'm just gonna go cliche, Dumb and Dumber. I love it. It's, okay. I I feel like I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Give it a shout out. And there's a lot of good nostalgia ones like Lion King, D2. Um, I think the Flintstones movie is – it's not very good, but it's underappreciated in terms of how they recreated that world for live action. Fair. Um, so a lot of nostalgia picks, but Dumb and Dumber is my clear-cut uh, runner-up. It is just such a perfect comedy. Every scene is quotable classic. So Yeah. My runner-up is going to be True Lies. Um, uh, I love Schwarzenegger. Bill Paxton, they're great. But Jamie Lee Curtis, excellent. Tom, the whole cast is great. Jim Cameron – I feel like this is his lost movie because everybody thinks of all the other big ones. Um, it is long. I'm not even going to give yeah. any – like I'm not going to lie about that. That's a true lie. Um, <laughs> but I think it's so fun. It's so good. The action's great. And is it cliche at times? Of course. But I think yeah. that's what is good about it is you get a fun comedy performance, a family drama, and then like a typical action movie all blended into one. Yeah, I completely agree. But I'm going to take it from you, Max, because my pick is Dumb and Dumber. Ah, it's, I love it. I think it's one of the best comedies of all time. I think it's top five. Yeah. I it think really that is. it when your brother said nostalgia carries that one, I was like, he's flat out wrong because that yeah. that comedy script is so fucking tight and so jam packed yeah. full of jokes. But it's a great road trip comedy. Like it just it's the script's perfect. They see a briefcase, they gotta go give it to her. They're so stupid. The joke is so easy they're mm-hmm. dumber than anybody you've ever seen before so everything they do is dumb everything they yeah. do is so you can have a really ridiculous over-the-top movie but you have it in the script of why they're doing it it's not slapsticky because oh they fall on these like they're dumb yeah it's the easiest script like line there it's so funny Rena, and I, you know, we like, we both love movies, both love to watch movies. Uh, Jim Carrey and another actor that I'm going to mention a lot going forward <laughs> due to his rise in fame. But uh, Brie and I don't necessarily agree with a lot of the old comedies. Some she's like, that went past me. This one's kind of dumb, blah, blah, blah. But she loves Dumb and Dumber just as much as I do. And it's just one that like we can watch together and just laugh the entire time, no matter how many times we've seen it. It's, it's so just, good. I just... I think people think it's oh it's just another uh, Jim Carrey movie. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so good. It's it's. I love how he he's doing his classic over the top performance, but then you have Jeff Daniels kind of. I was just about bringing to say. him back down to earth, but then Jeff Daniels would be cartoonish sometimes too. They just switch back and forth so well. I really love that Jim was so adamant to get Jeff in the movie. Yep, and I think Jeff is the one that levels that movie out mm-hmm. in the best way. I agree. They're both bouncing off each other, and it's not too much. Yep. And I, I think I've read that Chris Elliott and uh, Nicolas Cage were considered for the roles. And believe me, I'd love to see that movie with yeah. either. But at the same time, they would have been too much 
to Jim Carrey's buffoonery. All right. My, what is your choice? Uh, I, I'm going to go with Shawshank. Yeah. I think it's excellent. I was going to say Pulp Fiction, but... I, w- I, I mean, I was, I was really tempted to as well. It's like literally like my second runner-up but my, my second runner-up to the runner-up but uh shawshank redemption everything that you said earlier it is cinema it is just it's a masterpiece and i would rather watch pulp fiction because it's just more like entertaining but shawshank like every time i watch it from start to finish i like afterwards i just feel like this sense of just wow this is why i love film you know um shawshank is cinema it's yeah it's beautiful a great Stephen King adaptation, and it, it. But again, it's a different type of movie. Do you have anything else you want to say? Nope. I think we've we've given ninety four its love. Yes, that was the year I was born. Talk about uh, years uh, we were born. Ninety five had a lot to live up uh, to in comparison to that year. I don't know if it does, obviously, because it's hard to it's hard to really follow that up. I think it still has some really great movies. Um, yeah, Apollo thirteen. Uh, Desperado comes out, which is awesome. Seven Heat, two fantastic crime dramas. Um, Clueless, excellent movie. I think a lot of people don't give that movie the. It's a very '90s movie, the most '90s movie I think that exists this year. But it's it's not it's not a bad movie. No, it's not. It's I just like, think it, it's it's just so seeped in the '90s that it, it's it's going to be probably lost to time. It's going to be very much reflected like the age when you look at like the Goonies, you look at like Ferris yeah. Bueller. It's just it's so of its time that. I think it's going to be hard to see that movie get its um, kind of run in yeah. later decades. Yeah, it's what I like about it though is it feels like um, they the writers recognized the idiocy of how teenagers mm-hmm. acted at the time, so they wrote a satire of that era of teenagers yeah. during that era. And it's I a satire it's... of the decade that they're in, which I think is so funny to do. We get two long-ass-fuck movies. We get Braveheart and Casino, <laughs> yeah. uh, which are both great, but again, almost three hours is too long. Yeah. Uh, we get the start of the Before trilogy, Before Suns- uh, before Sunrise comes out, Goldeneye, which is the, 80, uh, the action movie of that year. Uh, you also get Toy Story, Bad Boys, Batman Forever, Your Boy, Billy Madison, <laughs> Um, 12 Monkeys, Usual Suspects, um, Jumanji, Tommy Boy, Goof Movie, Waterworld, yeah. uh, uh, Leaving Brit- Las Vegas, Pocahontas, Casper, Brit- Die Brit- Hard Brit- with Brit- a Vengeance, Ghost in the Shell, yeah. Judge hey. Dredd, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, baby. <laughs> yeah. I think this is a pretty good year. Babe? It's, Hold on. I got to keep a- going. Get Shorty, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Mall Rats. <laughs> yes. For me, this is a nostalgic year. I think uh, this is the most nostalgia-heavy year because there's a lot of movies on here that if you watch them again, you're like, all right. Yeah. Um, um, oh, Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. That is a very uh, before-its-time movie. There was this time in the 90s where just like uh, LGBTQ cinema really had a rise like and it was like i feel like 95 through 97 and then it kind of fell off but like i don't know it was very ahead of its time did i say friday no you didn't wow friday that movie's awesome another one yeah oh yeah yeah, it is let me say that the i think most nostalgia heavy movie Mm -hmm. i think it's pocahontas oh yeah 
That movie is <laughs> one. I don't. I'm not a big fan of it, but I think it's just not great to watch. It's um, it's Bree's favorite Disney movie. We watched it a few weeks ago. She had a bad day at work, so I put it on to cheer her up. And like, it's definitely the animation is astounding. Yeah, the music is great, but that's it. Yeah, <laughs> like there's nothing. It feels almost like dead air in between those two things. Yeah, um, I think what I'm gonna say right now. I think the best movie of the year that because the best picture winner uh, was uh, Braveheart, and your highest grossing movie was Die Hard with a Vengeance, which is strange. I think your best picture winner should have been Toy Story. Oh, yeah, totally. But Toy Story, the first fully CG movie and changed the way animation goes. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's just a nice story about just how jealousy can consume us. It yeah. really is. It's it's a good – it's a great film. I yeah. love Toy Story. Uh, Toy Story is probably my pick for the movie. But again, I got to be off the wall. I got to yeah. be weird. I love your off the wall nature. I'm honestly not going to pick Billy Madison Good. because I want I I my runner up is what I think is the best film of the year besides Toy Story like we just talked about and then my top pick is Nostalgia but it's not Billy Madison it's not Tommy Boy two movies I love it's not Friday Heavyweights Brady Bunch movie all hilarious movies that I love um my runner up is Apollo 13 uh, interesting I think it is excellent it's such a good movie like everything works everything falls into place nicely so yeah i think that and toy story are the two best movies of the year nothing against braveheart i like braveheart but it definitely it has moments that i'm like all right let's get on with it that's me with casino casino is almost my runner-up and i i think it's a fantastic scorsese movie but it goes on way too long cut the movie down by 40 minutes and it's great I, I don't like Casino. That might be my least favorite Scorsese movie I've seen. I think it's because he he's really just like hamming up the mafia side mm-hmm. of things. And I think I think De Niro is fantastic in it. It's probably one of his best performances. And Pesci is a powerhouse again. Um, yeah. But it's just so fucking long. It really is just so long. I agree. What's my runner-up is a – I don't think you would ever guess this. Okay. Sometimes I just want a mindless action movie mm-hmm. and Bad Boys is it. Bad boys is, Dude, Michael funny. Bay gets all the shit for being an explosive, crazy kind of guy. But Will Smith and Martin Lawrence in that movie, their chemistry is off the charts. Mm-hmm. And it would it his uh Michael Bay style gets long in the tooth after a while once you watch like all of his movies. But Bad Boys is good. I don't even care. It's so nineties fun, over the top, ridiculous. And sometimes that's my favorite like guilty pleasure genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a great buddy cop comedy drama uh, that is not short on the action. I agree. It's not a great movie, but it's no, it's not. It's it's the perfect snapshot of action blockbusters at that time. It's that. It's speed. It's like that era movie where yeah. yes, they suck, but they suck mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> <laughs> they suck fun. I like. Yeah, that. they don't um, suck the fun out of the room, but they suck and they're fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let me okay. Can we both? Uh, is is your pick gonna be Batman Forever? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I almost went that route. Okay. Yeah. Can I then because that was gonna possibly be my pick? Yeah. Can I then say my my actual winner is my runner up and then pick Batman Forever with you because I was so sure. tempted. Okay. My yes. runner up then is Goldeneye. Okay. My favorite I, Bond movie. We've talked about this yeah. in the pod. I love Pierce Brosnan. That movie is excellent. 
Yeah. Um, it's a great 90s action movie that also blends uh, James Bond in with it. But fuck it. Batman forever, man. I mean, yeah. come on. It's – it's. Uh, I get I get it. It's definitely not everyone's cup of tea. But Teresa liked it. I'm going to say it right now. I decided recently it's not the best Batman movie at all. But honestly, You decided that? It <laughs> might <laughs> – <laughs> the listener be... listener if you were thinking it was either that or dark knight you have to officially take that <laughs> off the books it might honestly be my personal favorite batman movie though in terms of if someone was like we are watching a batman movie tonight which one are we gonna watch i'm like batman forever because it is just wall-to-wall fun it and is it, the ending of the dark knight rises came up on my uh youtube recommended video so i watched it excellent ending but then that got me just i watched a couple other batman movie endings there's something that batman forever has that many other batman movies don't have and that's just proud heroism it's just he is such a proud hero in that movie that ending where uh chase and robin are falling and he saves both of them the way he catches robin and it's just so triumphant it's like oh my god that's why i love batman dude the speech when he goes not because i choose to or not because i have to be because i choose to be Mm -hmm. oh man and it's so so, good i love how robin saves him and then batman saves robin and it's just such a nice full circle moment it's like yep we're partners now and then i never knew this when i was watching this the other night i never knew if val kilmer when he looks down at robin if he kind of smiles you know what i'm talking about yeah, I agree. Or if he's, or if he's just kind of like, ah, let's, all right, let's lift him up. But I think it's like a mix of both. This, he gives us this little smirk that just feels so genuine. Like, I got you, buddy. <laughs> it's like, can we also th- mention the thumbs up? Oh my god, classic! There are so many shots in this movie that I just adore, and that is one of them. It's it's such a uniquely shot movie. Uniquely, like the the sets, the costumes, nothing has ever looked like it. Except for Batman and Robin, and that was clear that they took all of that and yeah. pumped it up too much. But like, it's such a one of a kind superhero blockbuster, and I think it's it's my favorite. I love. I, it. I I agree. That's it's so much fun. We talked about it for hours in the pod. I don't even care. And yes, it might be nostalgia, but this is our podcast episode, yeah. and this is my pod, and I don't care. It's that's just fun. I wanted to pick one for my runner-up that isn't nostalgia-based, and my favorite is pure nostalgia. So. No, this year's going to be whole nostalgia for me. I don't care, listener. <laughs> <laughs> this year's a kind of a weird one. Yeah. We're going to 96. Um, your highest grossing movie is Independence Day, which I think is clearly your big 90s action blockbuster. Your best picture winner. Listener, I would give you 20 minutes to think about this when you're not going to get it. It's The English Patient. Yeah. Um, what a fucking boring ass movie that is. I yeah. think if you're gonna tell I mean Fargo maybe Oh yeah. Is your best picture winner? Or should have been? Yeah, I agree. Fargo's uh, excellent. It's a great movie. But this year has got some interesting choices. We have yeah. Happy Gilmore, From Dusk Till Dawn, Matilda, Scream, Romeo and Juliet, Primal Fear, Mars Attacks, Jerry Maguire, Mission Impossible, Train Spotting, The Rock. Uh, the Birdcage, Kingpin, Waiting for Guffman, Twister, Striptease, The Cable Guy, Space Jam, Nutty Professor, Sling, ba- uh, Sling Blade, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Swingers. I guess yeah. The People vs. Larry Flint is excellent. That one's also on here as well. That 101 really Dalmatians. such a good movie. I'm it's, happy you said that. It's so great. Uh, I'm Underrated. not the biggest Woody Harrelson fan, but it's great. Yeah. And what else am I missing? Bottle Rocket. Yeah. 
black year, sheep. This year is like perfect. Like, you know, when you go to Salvation Army and you look at VHS tapes? This is the year. This is the year you find these. Muppet these, Treasure Island. It's Jingle very, all the way. Very 90s year. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say in another hot take, mm-hmm. I think the most nostalgia driven film on this list for 96 yeah. is Space Jam. Totally. 1000%. It's not a very good movie. No, but not at all. Boy, does it get me pumped up like it did when I was a kid. Come on, Islam. Yeah. And welcome <laughs> to the gym. <laughs> Space Jam is my childhood. What a great film. Dude, I had a Space yeah. Jam poster on my wall in sophomore year of college. We have bought it yeah. for our apartment. And like, yeah, it's not that great of a movie. It's dumb. Yeah. Um, this one's hard for me for picking my runner up and my winner. Because it's between two. Okay. What is yours? My runner-up is a very, very underappreciated comedy called Flirting with Disaster. Have you ever wow, seen it? Wow, I have not, and I am stunned. I It's it's my hottest take of the entire episode. Uh, it's a comedy directed by David O. Russell, you know, oh, uh, yeah. Silver Lines Playbook. It's like one of his first movies, and it stars Ben Stiller. He's kind of like an orphan. He, has like, he was adopted, and he just had a kid with his wife, and... He doesn't want to name the baby until he like finds out who his real parents are. Like he's because he's got a lot of insecurities. So they basically go on a road trip and try to find his real parents. And the way I'm describing it makes it sound like a ah oh, gee comedy. It's not. It's definitely because it's David O. Russell. It's it's more hard hitting than that. It's got one of the best ensemble casts: um, Patricia Arquette, Richard Jenkins, Josh Brolin. Uh, Tay Leone, and it's just it's hilarious, and it's one of those movies because it has unstoppable cast. Uh, so many people come in and out, but each person plays their part so well, even if they're in the movie for five minutes. So, Spencer, listeners, I recommend Flirting with Disaster. I watched it on a whim a couple years ago on Netflix, and I was like, how the hell have I never heard of this? So, it's uh, a very very fun movie. I'm honestly stunned by your choice, but I'm into it. I think you should check it out. All right. Um, this is hard for me because I think – you know what? I'm going to do it. Okay. My runner-up was my original winner, but I think everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Scream, yeah. top 10 horror movie of all time. I'm surprised you didn't mention that when you were jumped in 96 because, because I, I want to save it. Usually I can – you, if you haven't pictured what movie – like if I don't say a movie listener, it's probably because it's my pick. Um, yeah. <laughs> Scream – when you talked about how Clueless was a like riff on that decade, so is Scream. Yeah. Scream is also self-referential for the horror genre. It is the freshest take we've had on a horror movie in a long time. Because it literally is saying, here's what we would do for a horror movie. Oh, and we're going to do it anyway. Yeah. And it keeps you guessing. The ending is one of the best reveals ever. It's genuinely scary uh, when it has to be. It's funny when it has to be. And it doesn't take itself too seriously when it doesn't need to. But when it does, it is horrifying. Uh, it It is just beautiful. I remember I told you to watch it because you were like, eh. I was like, watch it. Yeah. And I've told and I, so many people to watch it because they've said that. And they come back and they go, holy shit. I loved it. It was worth the hype. It lives up to it. It's no nostalgia with that one. <laughs> no, 100%. That movie holds up so well. Yep. All right. Uh, tell me. I know what the number one is. You might not, actually. This is a tough one, and I changed it on the spot. As we know, uh, I love Happy Gilmore. I love the cable yeah. guy. Um, Mars Attacks is awesome. Hunchback, 
underrated Disney movie. It's dark. Um, yeah, it's really dark. Uh, Jingle All the Way, I love. Um, Jerry Maguire is excellent. I was going to say Fargo because I think Fargo, it's my favorite Coen Brothers movie. It's paced yeah. so perfectly. It's well done, well written, well acted. But number one pick, The Birdcage. Hey, can I tell you a secret? Yes. That's mine too. Yes! Dude, I fucking <laughs> love The Birdcage. Oh it's my god. Genuinely hilarious. It's beautiful. What I love about The Birdcage is it takes a, its time setting the characters up, setting the story up, and then because it takes its time setting everything up, by the time the dinner party starts and Nathan Lane's dressed up as the woman, it just then takes its time to just be absolutely hilarious. It breathes. Yep. And in, but what's oh beautiful boy, does about it, deliver. it, it does. The beautiful thing about it is be, it's so frantic midway through when they're trying to get things set up because you're supposed to feel how the characters feel. Yeah. The the film pacing is reflective of how you, they feel in the film. It yeah. doesn't give you time to breathe. And then when you sit with that dinner party, you sit with yeah. that dinner party. The LGBTQ message in that is wonderful. And Rob Williams and Nathan Lane are one of the best movie couples maybe ever. Yeah. I love how Robin Williams tones down his shtick to let Nathan Lane be the, yes, the top one. But exactly. Then you, you have those sudden bursts from Robin Williams that are fucking hilarious. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Just <laughs> yeah. shut up! In the kitchen. God damn it! Yeah. Um, and then uh, Hank Azaria's role, not very culturally okay anymore, but he still. That's kind of Hank it. Azaria's whole shtick from the 90s. Exactly. Unfortunately, The Simpsons, everything. He just. Yeah. In that era. It's all about could you do voices? Doesn't matter what color you are, or who you are, or anything. Like if you can do the voice, you're doing it. Yep, and he does it so well. Like I love during the dinner party when they're all singing, and then he just busts through the door and like sings the last line, and they all cheer for him. Or just the fact that he refuses to wear his shoes, and every time he wears them on or puts them on, he can't walk properly. So, also, let me just say, speaking of walk. Yeah. The moment I reference all the time is mimicking John Wayne's walk. And when yes. Ron Moy was trying to teach Nathan Lane, who has had been a drag queen for so long, how to be a man yeah. is so fucking funny. <laughs> I pierce the toast. <laughs> you get off pierce the, get off your horse, head into the saloon. <laughs> Such a great comedy. So I'm all glad right. we were on the same page with that one. All right, ninety seven. It is just let's just call this here Titanic. Titanic a lot of people is 97. Say this is one of the worst years for film. I disagree. There's still a lot of fun movies, but I see where they're coming from. Yeah, I think this is a year that uh it's just because Titanic's so big that everything else is uh just kind of ceases. It's best picture. It's obviously the highest grossing of the year. It's one of the highest grossing of all time. Um and I think unfortunately I don't have an argument of a movie that's better this year for like uh what we'd say like is the best picture than I said because again this year is just very light. Yeah. Um you have things like Goodwill Hunting, uh Fifth Element, Starship Troopers, Life is Beautiful, Boogie Nights, Men in Black, Hercules, um Air Force 1, Con Air, um you then start to get the run of like we're trying to make Scream with I know what you did last summer. Jackie Brown, Liar Liar, Austin Powers 1, uh, Event Horizon, really underrated, LA Confidential, Face Off, as good as it gets. There's, it, It's not terrible. Anastasia, a great anime movie that everybody thinks is Disney, but it's not. Um, it's George okay. of the Jungle. 
George of the Jungle, our boy, Brendan Fraser. I think this is a pretty solid year. I think uh, film snobs like to talk shit about this year, but you just mentioned a lot of good movies. I just think, okay, one, Selena's also in there. Great performance. And your choice, Good Burger. Hmm. Uh, I want to also mention another great LGBTQ comedy, In and Out. Kevin Kline's hilarious. Tom Sel- I love that movie. Yeah. That, love that movie. It's almost my runner up. But I uh, almost mine as well, so I'm really happy that you said <laughs> it because I I I remember watch, I watched the movie religiously when I was a kid. It's great. It's it's very funny. And Gross Pipe Blank is a yep. great John Cusack movie. Mm-hmm. Um Vegas Vacation, not as good as other Vegas or vacation movies, but it's still not as good as other Vegas based films. <laughs> that too. But no, it's Chevy Chase being Chevy and he crushes it. Um there's a lot of fun movies this year. All right. What do we think? I think the most uh, action-y movie that we could get here is Con Air. Okay. I was going to say Men in Black, but I think Oh, no, you're right. It is Men in Black. You're right. But the the reason I wouldn't... Uh, Men in Black has the Will Smith song, which is not good. But I think really everything... And, and it has the 90s obsession with slime. <laughs> oh, dude, the 90s loved slime. Yeah. It was the I, grossest thing you could think of. At the same time, when you watch Men in Black now, it holds up in terms of like it feels like a it feels like a film. It doesn't feel like a product. It like uh, the the directing is perfect, the acting is perfect, the writing is perfect. Um, it's got Danny Elfman's twisted score, which just mm-hmm. makes it feel more like it exists in its own strange universe. Um, what's your runner up? Runner up for me this year, um, Face Off. Okay. Uh, almost was my pick. Uh, I think the movie doesn't hold up well. It's ridiculous. I love over-the-top 90s action movies. Like I said, I think Face Off is uh, one of the front runners for the most. It's literally about a man who wants to take someone else's face off. Um, <laughs> my favorite moment uh, from the like the behind-the-scenes stuff for this movie, when they got to set for the first time, the first scene they filmed was Nick Cage dancing around as the priest. <laughs> and after that, that cuts he goes up to jo- uh, john travolta and john travolta goes oh we're making that kind of movie okay yeah. and like that was what they're like all right we're doing that and it's so ridiculous it. and like just so over the top 90s that it's hilarious all right <laughs> what's your runner up um this was a tough one because liar liar and austin powers are two of my favorite comedies of all time both have their stars doing what they do best the entire time and they're great but my runner-up is Goodwill Hunting. I think when Bree and I were cleaning our house because we were some people over for New Year's Eve, uh, we had that movie on, and I realized it's not a very good movie to have on when you're trying to clean because there's so many scenes where you just have to stop and take it in. It's such like a down-to-earth, honest movie, and I love it. Yeah, it's excellent, and it's. They obviously got the award for best screenwriting, which is fair. Um, I think Robin Williams helps that movie a ton. I think if you don't have his performance in there, uh, I don't know if the movie's as good. I think it it still would have been good with someone else in there um, because Matt Damon does a great job. Ben Affleck does a great job. And I love like the interactions between those two and their friends. But like Robin Williams, I agree. He is is the hook. He's the hook. (laughs) Yeah. Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. And it is such a fun 
parody of the James Bond movies. After rewatching all the James Bond movies for the pod a couple years back, Austin Powers is so much better than it was when I was a kid yeah. because there's so many little details. Mike Myers, it was a uh, like a project that he wanted to do because him and his dad made up this character, and his dad actually died before he could see the movie. And it was like a love letter to their love of the Bond movies. And you can see that. Within its parody is so much heart that you can tell he truly loved the James Bond franchise. It's an art form that we've talked about that has has been lost to time. A true parody that understands where it's coming from and knows really what to pull. And you can tell there's nuance behind it. And... It has everything that 90s had. There's goofy comedy. There's a character. Uh, there's an actor playing multiple characters. And there's over-the-top comedy. But underneath it all is an actually really well-made movie. I agree. 1, and I think people just laugh at it and go, oh, he's a goofy character. He's like, But like deeper than that, it's actually yeah. really good. His character got bigger than the movie. Exactly. And I think but... that's just attributed to how good he was. Oh, yeah. How unique it was. Yeah. There was nothing like it. I don't think there is anything like it. No. It, I've, I agree with everything you said. This past Labor Day weekend, we went out to Colorado for my friend's wedding, and a bunch of my high school friends and I, we got this huge Airbnb, and it was beautiful, like hot tub, billion rooms, whatever. What The day after the wedding, we spent the whole day drinking at the hot tub, <laughs> and then um, we ordered some food. We went inside, c- took a breather. Um, one of my friends from high school, her boyfriend is a movie buff like us. And uh, we that day at the hot tub, we just talked about how much we love spoof movies and how like, you know, they don't make them anymore, you know. Yeah. So we went inside, took our breather, we ordered some food and he just put on Austin Powers and all of us, like 15 people in this living room crowded around the TV like kids and watched all of Austin Powers in its entirety. And I was just sitting there amazed like this is this is how you do it. All right, but, what is your choice? Uh, Boogie Nights. Yeah, I was. I thought it was going to be Boogie Nights. I love Boogie Nights. I think it's um, it's Paul Thomas Anderson making his own twisted version of Goodfellas. I think it you're absolutely feels, right. It has a similar structure to Goodfellas, but more Paul Thomas Anderson-y. And it's got excellent um, uh, ensemble cast where every single person does the, plays their part perfectly. It has Mark Wahlberg acting which <laughs> let's be honest other than the departed i didn't know he could do <laughs> yeah that's honestly very true because he's always just huh what huh and this he's, is uh, like, hey how's it going oh my god wow works for the departed but like in this movie the scene near the beginning where his dad comes in and like is yelling at him and stuff and he's just crying and yelling back at his dad it's like holy shit i didn't know mark Wahlberg could do this yeah it's it's such a good movie it but it's not for everyone it's really dark <laughs> But it's it's excellent. The the famous drug deal scene at Alfred Molina's house is fucking intense. No matter how many times I've seen it, mm-hmm. it is intense. And I love how it uses songs that don't necessarily match that or era or not era um, that vibe. And then I love the long take on Mark Wahlberg's face, where you just you see him realizing that he has dug a hole for himself and he needs to get out of it. It's it's a very good movie. One of the best. 1998. Armageddon is your highest grossing. Um, Saving Private Ryan is the clear cut. Should have won Best Picture. Yeah. It's just weird that it did. Like, yeah. I just, 
I don't understand how Shakespeare... It's just, again, the Oscars do weird shit. So, yeah, Saving Private Ryan is the best picture of the year. But you get some really big movies. Uh, we get uh, American History X, Big Lebowski, Truman Show, You've Got Mail, uh, Wedding Singer, There's Something About Mary, uh, Parent Trap, uh, Lock, Stock, Two Smoke and Barrels, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Waterboy, uh, Blade, A Bug's Life. There, I mean... Then you get some like smaller movie Mulan, a lot of people's yeah. favorite of the Disney movies. But uh, yeah, there's just a, there's a there's like some sleeper hits in here. Yeah, I personally think this is kind of a weak year. There's definitely yeah. movies I love, but they're few and far between. Yeah, Rush Hour, U.S. Marshals. Um, I'd say the most '90s, and I don't know if you'll agree, but the most '90s blockbuster would definitely be Rush Hour. Yeah, absolutely. It's not as corny as other ones, but it definitely feels like a 90s movie. Also, I want to say Rushmore. That's where yeah. uh, you really get the rise of Wes Anderson. Um, not my favorite of his. We talked about this on the podcast. No, I'm a, I'm going to actually disagree with you there, my friend. Okay. It's Godzilla. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> of course. That stupid movie. Uh, it's Godzilla. Um, it's I have to, not good. I have to list off a couple more. Um, we do get He Got Game. Halloween H2O, um, a not great movie. They decide to remake Psycho, shot for shot, in 1998 with Vince Vaughn. Um, that movie's absolutely dog shit. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Nolan's first movie, Following, comes out. Um, and uh, Ringu, which is The Ring, comes out in Japan. Excellent. Uh, we eventually get the Americanized version. And then uh, Bride of Chucky. Got to shout out Bride of Chucky. <laughs> I got to give a shout out to three asinine comedies is it basketball half-baked and uh what's the third one dirty work (laughs) uh, stupid stupid movies that i think are hilarious basketball is one that i could argue is actually genuinely clever because it's a zucker brothers movie yeah so it has their classic tropes but you know half-baked is about as dumb as it gets but i love it dirty work is a very very poorly made movie but it's norm and it's got chris farley being awesome so Three dumb comedies that I hold dear to my heart. Let me see a couple more movies, though. Small Soldiers. Ah. Rounders. Um, and uh, Deep Impact. There you go. Another one. That's, we we that's really love one. space. Yeah. Wow. This Now that you mention it, that's a good corny 90s one. Mm-hmm. Like Blockbuster and Armageddon, obviously. Yep. So. Wow. The what 90s year. is also full of movies where it's like, you're making a movie, we're going to make a movie. And they make the same one. So like, <laughs> uh, you get like Ants and Bugs Life, Deep Impact and Armageddon. Like, yeah. <laughs> we have many of those where it's like, you're doing it? Well, so are we. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. This year, I have a clear top two. Okay. Clear top two. I think I know it. Because my my runner up is The Big Lebowski. Okay. It's the best Coen Brothers movie. Um, it's one of the best performances of all time. Jeff Bridges, mm-hmm. uh, Goodman's excellent as well. I just that movie makes me laugh all the time. Like every time I watch it, I will find something new to laugh about. Yeah, it's just iconic. It's about nothing, and that's okay. It's really straightforward, uh, and I just I genuinely, if I need to feel good, I'll put on Big Lebowski. It's so funny. It really is, and. Like you said, there's nothing There's nothing to it. It feels like one long shaggy dog joke. And I remember the first time I watched it when I was like 12, I was like, this is the dumbest movie I've ever seen. But then I rewatched it and I was like, I think that's the point. <laughs> that is the beauty of it is that it's supposed to be dumb and you're like, cool. Yeah. And it's it, it's dumb, but it's 
it's Coen Brothers dub. Yeah. Like it's so the fact that they're still writing and direct it, directing it somehow makes it poetic, you know? Yeah. They really a, do get it. Um, it's a good one. Real quick. What do we think the, uh, the most nostalgia heavy movie is for the, I, I might say half baked. <laughs> yeah. Um, because basketball doesn't really have the, like the the it, it standing the behind it. Yeah, um, yeah. Bugs Life I, I, is okay. I don't think everybody thought it was amazing. Yeah, same um, with Ants and yeah. Mulan. I feel like Mulan's still a good movie. Yeah, you've got Mail. Like maybe it's kind of just average. Small I think, Soldiers. I don't Cause, know because that one's uh, yeah maybe Small Soldiers because it's um, Joe Dante. So it just it feels yeah. like hey remember when you made Gremlins? Do that again, but it's toys and it's not going to be as dark. Um, yeah, let's let's go with half baked, just yeah. because it's dumb. <laughs> yeah, I, I also don't think it's like the best stoner comedy in general. Not it has ice cream bit. named after it, which is a big deal. But I just don't think it's it's just not as good as other movies could be. I mean, like The Big Lebowski came out that year, and it's so yeah. much better. Yeah, I agree. Um, what's your runner up though? Um, I'm gonna say Saving Private Ryan because okay. I love it. I think it's. A masterpiece of filmmaking should have won best picture that opening scene alone is like they're like okay if if you're not in then get out <laughs> you know like it's hard if you don't want to see this then you have to leave the theater right now it's so hard to watch yeah um it's very well done yeah uh i mean it's 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 hard to like be like oh man let's just hype up one of the best movies of all time yep i agree uh my number one pick though Yes. Uh, is a movie that truly changed my life. Yep. Uh, it's The Truman Show. I knew that was going to be your pick. It's, I'm, it's just a masterpiece. Yeah. Like, Jim Carrey can act. Mm-hmm. It's directed beautifully. Peter Weir. Uh, I mean, and the, the entire script in itself and how it's made and shot and filmed and how heartbreaking it is and how existential it is and – you it's he's just the most lovable main character like you want him to succeed so badly yeah and at every turn he runs into a dead end i think it's one of the best movies of the 90s i agree and it once again kind of satirizes that era of pop culture yeah and what's crazy is it's it's making fun of that era but it also feels relevant still in our obsession with celebrities and everything mm-hmm. So, oh, it's so poignant. It's, it's beautiful. Um, it really is. Such like a confident first dramatic choice for Jim Carrey too. Absolutely. You know? Like the fact that he like followed like this movie up like after Liar Liar, you know, which is about as over the top Jim Carrey as you can get. It's like. But I think that a, one also is a little bit layered. It's, it's 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 over the top, but it also brings it down a little bit. Yeah, I agree. So that's a good pick. Thank you. What's yours, my friend? I got to give him credit. I said I was going to pick one Adam Sandler I, movie. I was waiting. It's The Wedding Singer. No, don't get me wrong. I love The Waterboy. I love everyone we've mentioned and another one that we're going to mention for next year. But The Wedding Singer to me is the best Adam Sandler comedy because it feels like he cracked the code. He was able to do his silly shtick while also making it more down to earth and relatable so he's like i finally think i know how to make all those college bros laugh and their girlfriends Mm -hmm. and even their parents like this is a the wedding singer is a movie that everyone can enjoy it's funny it never goes too far over the top 
It knows how to reel it in. It has lovable characters, excellent soundtrack, and it's like of Sandler comedies, it's the only one that actually feels like a film. <laughs> it feels like a John Hughes movie. Yeah, it really does. It's a different type of script. It's excellent. Yeah. Um I'm I love a big it. fan. Yeah. I've seen it a million times, I'll watch it a million more. It's yeah. and like I think, you know, Billy Madison's funnier, Happy Gilmore's more quotable, but the wedding singer is just obviously his best comedy. I think it's a good pick. All right, let me go to ninety nine. Dude, ninety nine rocks. This is they say this is the best year for film. All right, well let me just get this out of the way. American Beauty is best picture and it shouldn't be. Um, so there you go. Your highest grossing film is star Wars. Cause it comes back to it with phantom menace. Uh, I think that is clearly the most nostalgia driven one. Yeah. Um, people who love the prequels, but like, Oh my God. So good. It's like, just watch it. It, yeah. I love star Wars to death, but that movie is a fucking slog. Yeah. And I think your most, uh, this one has two runners for your most, uh, action heavy movie. It's either the matrix or the mummy. Uh, I'd say The Matrix. Yeah, me too. But uh, and I honestly, I might even say The Matrix should have won Best Picture. That movie changed cinema. Yeah, that movie changed how we film action mm-hmm. movies. Like, yeah. it, it, but then beyond that, let's just run through them: Fight Club, American Pie, Green Mile, uh, Ten Things I Hate About You, uh, Notting Hill, Eyes Wide Shut, The Sixth Sense, Office Space, Talented Mr. Ripley, Cruel Intentions, Never Been Kissed, She's All That, Magnolia, Sleepy Hollow, But I'm a Teenager. Big Daddy. There you go. Toy Story 2. Yeah. Galaxy Quest. Varsity Blues. The Spy Who Shagged Me. Tarzan. Dogma. South Park. Bigger, Longer, Uncut. Being John Malkovich. Uh, Blair Witch Project, which people give so much flack now. It's just like like, uh, Paranormal Activity. It's like, look at it when it got released and how insanely groundbreaking that was. Mm -hmm. Any Given Sunday. Iron Giant. Thomas Crown Affair. Boys Don't Cry. Election. <laughs> I'm not even done. Yeah. Like Stuart Little if you want to get kind of weird with shit. <laughs> Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget? Me, Man on the is, Moon? That's the most nostalgic movie of the years. But Inspector no one Gadget. thought it was good. I liked it when I was a kid and I have not seen it since. <laughs> Analyze this is awesome. Yeah. Uh and you know what? For all the flack that I give him, I am going to say something on the pod. We get Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. And is it weird? Yes, but it's it's funny. I think it's hilarious. That's the only Rob Schneider starring movie that I think is good, though. But, like, and I'm also <laughs> skipping over a bunch of movies. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, I'm trying to find, like, deep cuts. Mm-hmm. It's and hard to. That's, I'm like, there's so many. What a yeah. year. It really was. It was such a great way to end the decade. Yeah. And just, like... Like, so many directors and actors were at their peak this mm-hmm. year. They just decided to go out with a bang. One of the best. Uh, the Adventures of Elmo and Grouchland. <laughs> That's where the, the franchise really peaked with that really one. Really took off. Elmo. That's the dark night of that franchise. Elmo in Manhattan wasn't great in Elmo in space. But once Elmo took Grouchland. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, there's some great movies in here. My runner-up, clearly The Mummy. Love yeah. me some Brendan Fraser. It's an excellent action adventure. Yep. Holds yeah, I, up so well. I had that one on recently. Once again, when I clean the house, I like to put on movies while I clean. Yep. But like, it is, it's a blast. It's Indiana Jones for a new generation. It's so 90s and it's great. 
And Brendan um, Fraser, uh, uh, he's on the Mount Rushmore of people who can do no wrong in yeah. my eyes of the movies. <laughs> Let's see. So you said American Beauty shouldn't have won, which I get. I used to love American Beauty. I thought it was an excellent movie, but obviously time has not been kind to that movie. I think time has not been kind. Like, okay, it. the thing is, is like I, I thought the movie was great when I first saw it. It's so uncomfortable even without the stuff we know now. Yeah. But that's kind of the point of it, you know? And just the fact that it happens to star Kevin Spacey makes it worse. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is, like, if you take all that away, the movie itself is like, it's just, the main character is, like, just fantasizing over his teenage daughter's friend. Yeah, it's it's a strange movie. Right. And I also just don't think it's the best of yeah. the year. Again, I just think I think if you look back, the Matrix that year it changed what movies did for the next yeah. ten. I think honestly, in terms of the best, the Matrix, yeah, but Sixth Sense, a very good movie. Um, I gotta give a. Sh- it's not my runner up, but I gotta give a shout out to the movie Bowfinger with Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy. and Steve Martin. Yeah. That is a very underappreciated comedy. It's hilarious Mm -hmm. like that's a movie where you say you see oh steve martin and eddie murphy that should be funny and guess what it is (laughs) like it's it lives up to its uh stars and just everything works yeah so if you haven't seen bowfinger and you like comedies i recommend it yeah but my runner-up is office space Mm -hmm. i love office space strangely enough it's a movie about how being at work is so stressful but it's such like a comforting movie to watch. Yeah. <laughs> like it's one that you can put on before bed and just kind of like smile and fall asleep to. It's just so easy breezy. The script is pitch perfect. The ensemble cast, everyone is casted perfectly. It's got quotable lines. I love office space. Yeah. It's a classic. That's why it's my number one. That's why it's my ah, Dude. Office that's space. happened a lot in this episode. It has. <laughs> it's so confident. Yeah. I tell everybody when they say they never seen, I'm like, it still is relatable. Yeah. The message is not dated about being in the nineties. The message is about how everybody hates going to work. And I think it's so much more poignant now when we had that era of like, we can work from home. And now that we're going back, watch office space and everything that's in there, you've had an experience with, and you've had moments of going, wow, I truly hate when that happens. It's so relatable and it bottles up what everybody's feeling. This idea that nobody wants to work. And nobody likes going into work and the work environment is suffocating and there's really no way around it. Yeah. It's Mike Judge's masterpiece. Absolutely. I don't think and anything will come close to it. Saying a lot from the guy who created Beavis and Button. Seriously. And King of the Hill. But office space, almost everybody can relate. Because yeah. even if you don't have a job that's in the office, you can watch them go, oh, I would hate if that happened. Yeah. it's just, And we're, we're 23 years later. Yeah. And it's still as significant as it could be yep i worked at an office in traverse city about five years ago and every day i felt like i was in office space right down to the receptionist answering the phone calls the same way every time and milton milton is not love milton i have a red stapler on my desk that uh, my friend bought for me that i've had for probably almost 10 years now and it's like that is everybody notices it that's the stapler from office space yep because Milton is just so lovable and ridiculous. I like he's listening to the radio at his uh, 
cubicle and Ron Livingston asks him to turn it down and he's basically saying, well, he said I could listen to my radio at a reasonable volume. And it's funny because if you listen to what he's listening to, it sounds like the most boring thing right. ever. <laughs> and again, we've all had those coworkers where it's like, yep. stop listening to whoever you're listening to as loud as you are because you might think it's quiet, but I can hear it just enough where I can't stop hearing it. Yep. And we all, we've all known that person too, whether it's mm-hmm. high school or a job that just like we kind of push aside and they're just kind of weird and talk to themselves. And what I like is like that's Milton and finally that type of character gets to win in the end. Like, right. He takes matters into his own hands, burns the place down and then like flees the state. Like I don't know where he is at the end. Maybe Hawaii, maybe not even And the, the best US. part is the ending when they're like – he's like, I ordered a Mai Tai and this is actually <laughs> – and the guy's like, yeah, whatever. Like even when he's at like paradise, he yeah. is still not. And yep. I, the one line I quote all the time is, you ever have a case of the Mondays? No. Hell no, man. You get your ass kicked for saying something like that. <laughs> I love it. Ugh. But my number one pick is a movie that I just saw for the first time last summer. Um, if I hadn't seen this movie, my number one pick would be Toy Story 2 because it's an excellent sequel. Toy Story 2 is better than Toy Story 1. Yeah, I agree. But um, this particular movie... Uh, I knew I know it as a following. I know it didn't do too well when it came out, but the following has built it up to be like this masterpiece. Um, and I was always kind of just pushed it aside. But then one night last summer, I was like, I'm going to watch it. And I was floored. Galaxy Quest. Dude, Galaxy Quest rocks. It really does. Talk it about up to the hype. wonderful parodies. Mm-hmm. That is, I, I'm so happy you picked it. You know, what's funny is it's not even a parody. It's a loving homage to Star Trek and fandom. And the story is so well told up until the last second. And it's got a perfect cast and just like a nice like redemption arc of these actors learning to appreciate their fame and their fans and Tim Allen's best performance in anything. He is so like he's never been more like obliviously lovable in my opinion and uh alan rickman sigourney weaver sam rockwell i love this movie i'm so happy i saw it i'm bummed it took me this long to see it (laughs) i love stuff like that where it's like oh i probably should have seen this a long time ago yeah i think you remember like the book fairs when we were kids yeah i uh i got the movie novelization and i just had it I'd never read it, but, you know, I would go to the middle of the book and look at the pictures. Mm-hmm. And uh, it they really, with those pictures, sold the sci-fi aspect of it. And let's be honest, some of the costumes of the aliens in this movie are kind of corny. Because but that's the homage. point. Yeah. Exactly. But, like, when you're a kid and that's all you see of it, you're like, ah, this movie looks kind of dumb. I don't know if I ever want to watch it. And I, when I watched it last summer, I was like, oh, I want to beat the shit out of my nine-year-old self. <laughs> like... For thinking that, because this is, it's so much more than that. It is, it's a perfect sci-fi comedy. In my it really opinion. is. Yeah. It's excellent. Mm-hmm. I'm, so, I'm so glad that you said that. And uh, yeah, it's an excellent movie. I think, I think our lists are pretty good. I think we did this decade justice. We, I feel like we gave everything its credit, you know, but a lot of our picks were based on the fact that we loved those movies growing up. So it would be cool to hear like people who were our age during the 90s do the same thing, you know? Right. 
So but, like again, everybody's you different. Hear so, anybody talk about Mighty Ducks, <laughs> right? Like I, I think it's just very interesting to see how people will view these decades. I mean, we got that a lot in the '80s episode. You had like yeah. people that you know that talk to you like, "Oh, in the '80s, we didn't, you didn't mention this one, this one, and this one." It's like, yeah, because like you need to look back with other eyes. You were there in a nostalgia setting, yeah. and you remember that, but we don't. That's why like this decade's important for us with nostalgia because it's like, yeah, we could have picked a bajillion things. Uh, yeah. And maybe nobody even thinks about Mighty Ducks or Space Jam or things like that because, yeah, to them, it means nothing. Well, Max, this was a fun experiment and uh, appreciate you. Love you. And I don't I know what too, the man. next episode is going to be. This Storm- is, I, I mean, hope the listener can hear Storm outside this door having a panic attack. <laughs> All right, buddy. Appreciate you. Hopefully the rest of your day off is great and tell Birdie to calm down. I will. Same thing to Storm. He will not. Um, listener, thank you so much. I hope that if there was a movie that we didn't touch up on that you like, you'll let us know. But also I hope we gave nineties justice. I think we did. Um, Stormy says, love you too. And uh, (laughs) listener be kind and please rewind. Intro song from YouTube audio library by DJ Williams recordings done on clean feed podcast distributed by anchor. Original logo created by friend of the pod, David. Current logo created by friend of the pod, Liz. Purring by Storm.